Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, March 12th. S&P futures are trading down 107, 137 points. That's 5%. Europe is down about 6.5% for the major indices, and Asia finished lower across the board. Treasuries are are rallying. I would not say they're surging. They are certainly rallying. Um, and then Brent is down about 5%. So a lot of moving pieces this morning, a lot of news. I have everything documented, outlined in the Vital Dawn today. So I'm going to try to stick to higher level um, themes on the podcast. Um, you know, I think the big the big driver of the selling isn't so much something that happened. It's something that didn't happen. Um, you know, again, I think the market has misplaced expectations for what politicians, including the White House, can do in this current environment. This is a unique crisis that markets have not really dealt with in a while. All the prior ones have been um, you know, largely self-inflicted ones, whether it be a monetary policy dispute, a trade dispute, a fiscal dispute, et cetera, whereby the politicians involved would respond to market pressure and then reach forward some type of a solution. This is separate and distinct from that. Um, you know, the coronavirus crisis is a health one, and there's very little that politicians can do, um, you know, which is why I think markets need to stop looking to the White House for a solution. I don't think Trump helps himself by making suggestive remarks. Um, and implying that you know that he does have some grand scheme um, being being cooked up behind the scenes that he'll that he'll unveil. Um, you know, I think that that kind of maybe had been the mentality before the um, Oval Office address last night. But you know, nevertheless, you know, there's just not much he can do at the moment. So he announced a series of executive actions. Um, you know, providing aid to certain groups of people that are that are being specifically that are being most acutely hit. By the coronavirus crisis, I think the big unexpected announcement was this European travel ban. Um, you know, there had been some press reports suggesting that he was considering various different travel restrictions. I think what actually was unveiled was more draconian than anticipated. It didn't help that he also um, inaccurately described it during the speech, and then and then had to kind of um, issue some revisions on Twitter, and then the White House had to kind of also clarify some of the um, various specifics of this travel ban. So, um, you know. I don't think the travel ban was necessarily um, needed. I don't think that it's really going to, um, you know, suppress the case count numbers in the U.S. It certainly is going to apply further pressure to the beleaguered airline industry and the beleaguered travel-related industry. Um, that was kind of the big, the big outcome of that speech last night. So I, that's kind of the main, the main theme this morning. I think markets, um, you know, had misplaced expectations for that Oval Office address, and then, and then clearly the Oval Office address did not. Um, you know, is not going to change the trajectory of the crisis. All that being said, um, you know, I do think that markets at these levels are, are I think, the risks now are skewed to the upside. I do not think we're going to have a giant V-shaped rally back to the highs. Like I've been saying, you know, for months, I thought the valuations before the coronavirus crisis were unreasonable, and I do not think we'll be returning to them. I don't think you're going to see a V-shaped bounce. I don't think you're going to see a V-shaped recovery in the economy necessarily. It's going to take weeks and months, I think, for markets um, to settle given the trauma that's been inflicted on them. All that being said, in the very near term, I do think that your risks are skewed out to the upside. I think um, you know the ECB this morning will be the main macro event by far of the day. You'll see a press release at 8:45. You'll see a press conference that starts right at the U.S. Open at 9:30. Um, you know, 72 hours ago, I would have thought that the ECB was kind of headed towards an underwhelming policy response, but I think the events of the last three days. Um, across the board, including increased pressures in Italy, you're seeing increased, you're seeing a widening in spreads in bunds and BTBs. You're seeing persistent euro strength. I think, um, I think the BOE probably did the ECB a favor by just kind of showing again how ineffectual rate cuts are in this type of an environment. 
So I do think the ECB will come out today and increase the asset purchase program, the pace of it. So right now they're buying 20 billion euros a month. Um, you know, I think the market probably will be underwhelmed by anything more uh, less than a doubling of that. So taking that up to 40 billion, either doing it explicitly today or making very suggested remarks about doing it in the future. Um, you know, they had had that asset purchase pace up to 80 billion at one point going back a couple of years ago. So I, I would hope that Lagarde kind of talks about um, the ultimate pool of assets that are eligible for purchase how there there is scope to increase the purchase pace further going forward. Um, you know, I know markets are pricing in a rate cut. I think though that if you kind of read a lot of what economists are saying, they really do not think that's advisable right now. And I personally don't think a rate cut would be advisable either, as as it would just really apply further pressure to banks without really giving much um, you know incremental accommodation to the market. So, you know, I think the asset purchase program will be the main area of focus for the ECB today, and and I would suspect that it will not disappoint. Um, and then coming up next Wednesday, obviously, the Fed is very much in focus. Um, and I think the Fed too. And again, if you kind of read all of the post-crisis academic work that have been published by a variety of Fed officials and then, and, then, and then monetary policy experts, you know they're going to rapidly go back to ZERP. I think the Fed is not going to adopt um, negative interest rates, and that's a positive. The Fed has been pretty clear on that. And I do think that they're going to start re- they're going to utilize the balance sheet again. Um, you know, initially it will be Treasuries and MBS, and I, d- I don't think that will be announced on on the 18th, but I do think that Powell will talk about it. Um, and then again, that Rosengren speech that was delivered last Friday, talking about how at some point in time when QE is, is rolled out again, that they're probably going to have to widen out the eligible pool of assets. And that will most likely require consent from Congress to change some of the, the Fed laws. Um, but I think even just acknowledging that would be helpful for sentiment at the moment. Um, you know, while there is a coronavirus crisis occurring, there's also kind of a separate parallel one now that's somewhat self-inflicted with this oil price war occurring between Saudi Arabia and Russia. Saudi Arabia is not showing any signs of backing down in public, although you still have various reports that officials in Riyadh and Moscow are kind of talking behind the scenes, hoping to forge some type of a, a detente. The OPEC Plus Advisory Council, so these are the um, various different uh, oil experts in OPEC countries and Russia. They don't have actual authority, but they kind of make the recommendations to the oil ministers. They will be holding um, a a phone-based meeting on the 18th, so that's next week, the same day as the Fed. And I still think that, you know, this this oil crisis is not something that Moscow and Saudi Arabia want to, uh, to continue um, you know, for a prolonged period of time. And so I would suspect that you're going to see both countries walk back. Um, and obviously that would be very helpful for markets too. And then finally, you know, China, I know China is, is very much not in focus at the moment. Um, the coronavirus crisis clearly is most acutely impacting Europe and now the US. But China has made remarkable recovery as far as um, containing its crisis. You know, the, new, the new case count numbers continue to fall um, rapidly even within uh, the Hubei province in Wuhan, um, you have the economy continuing to, to return to a state of normalcy. You had Foxconn out overnight, which is Apple's major manufacturing partner in China, talking about how they are resuming production at a faster pace than they anticipated. A Chinese government official today um, reiterated that China has passed the peak of its crisis and then, it, and then also kind of forecast that um, the global coronavirus panic um, will kind of hit a peak around the June timeframe. So, you know, long story short, I laid everything out in the vital dawn today, but I do think the near-term risks at least are skewed to the upside. 
Um, you know, as far as earnings are concerned, I think again, it's a it's a rapidly moving target. It seems to move um, along with the market. So when markets go down, people seem to kind of mentally mark down their earnings forecasts. Um, you know, the the 2019 number for S and P earnings were about 163. So I think the base case consensus right now for 2020 is no growth off that. So we'll call it 165 approximately. Um, and on that number, based on where we are pre-market at 2600, you're now below um, 16 times. So you're getting valuations that are much more supportive for the market. Um, that 165 certainly does have downside risk. The travel restrictions um, and, and the and the bans on gatherings in various different countries. Um, are certainly severe. You've had a, a bunch of additional ones laid out in Europe and in the U.S. overnight. Um, but you also, I think, have some upside risk to that figure, too, just given the um, improved trends in China. So that's, you know, the markets are becoming a lot more supportive in terms of valuation. Um, so that's that's kind of everything uh, this morning. Like I said, there's a lot more news out there. Um, I think the stress in the credit markets, again, is, is kind of the major overhang on this market right now. That's partly the coronavirus driven, um, where you have a lot of indebted airlines, cruise ship companies, hotels, et cetera, that are certainly weighing on credit markets. But energy is a, a huge factor as well. Um, so to the extent that you can kind of remove this, this Saudi-Russia war, um, that would certainly remove a huge overhang on, on credit markets. Um, a few more political items in focus. You know, I think clearly the... Biden is headed towards a nomination. Um, you know, Sanders didn't drop out yesterday, although it's just a matter of time. Um, and then the focus, obviously, is going to be shifting to the, the general election. Nothing too major on the earnings front, although you do have some tonight. You have Adobe, Avago, Oracle, Gap, all out after the close tonight. But like I said, the ECB today, um, this morning, will be the big dominant event. So that is everything for today. Uh, thank you for listening.